1: Welcome to another episode of Gratitude Guys. So today we have Jason Wright on the podcast and thank you so much for coming on.
2: I appreciate you guys having me on. This is really an awesome opportunity to be able to chat with you guys. I've been following you guys for a while and then of course getting to know you all more in our mastermind group that we're a part of together. And I've been really looking forward to this.
1: Well, we have been looking forward to this as well. And if you want to tell everyone a little bit about your journey into physical therapy first, we'll start with that.
2: Yeah. Oh man, get your popcorn ready. So it all started, I was playing baseball and this was still towards the end of little league, I was about 13 at the time. And I had injured my shoulder, just making a a routine throw across the diamond and Hurt my shoulder. It just kept nagging and nagging, and I went from being kind of like one of the best pitchers in in the league to barely being able to get the ball to first base. And so all these different things started coming together. I got to high school. I thought, oh, I'm going to be a professional baseball player. And it just still kept bothering me. And every time I would go see somebody, like there was another teammate of mine's dad who's an orthopedic surgeon in the city that I lived in. And he would tell me, I think you need surgery. I think you need this, this, this. Like never one time was physical therapy an option. It was never presented as a potential possibility. There was never even the conversation of, well, you could do surgery or you could try this instead. It was just surgery. I had no MRIs, no x-rays, no fancy imaging done to determine that. It was just kind of, hey, let me look at your arm, how it moves around. Yeah, I think this is what you need. And so that was really discouraging. I ended up giving it up. I gave it up, became like a diehard, you know, choir and musical theater guy uh, because I couldn't channel all my energy in the sports. And that ended up being like the cool thing in our high school, like all the athletes and guys and stuff were doing the musicals and choir. So I was very fortunate in that aspect to just not feel like a total like weirdo. And I say that with all due respect because I'm, I'm, any of y'all weirdos out there, I'm one of you, but it forced me to kind of go a, peculiar route from music major to gen ed major because I flunked out of college my freshman year I had a 1.86 GPA transferred back home where I swore I would never go to school in Bowling Green Kentucky and while trying to take prereqs to get my degree I had to take a PE course and it had a chapter about exercise for injury rehab I was like hold up like what's what's this about because I was trying to play like softball at this church I was going to at the time. I was still having trouble. And I would realized like, oh, wow, I had no idea that I have this thing called a rotator cuff. And there's all these possible injuries that go wrong with it. And you can actually work on it in most cases without having to have surgery. And so that just spiraled into a whole thing of me seeking out a job in town at a local gym that had a PT clinic. It was run by PTs had the opportunity to just learn the ins and outs about it. And I fell in love with it and long road of several years of denials of trying to get into programs, finally got in and here I am. And here you are.
0: So can you go into a little bit of detail for your several years of denials? I know it's not fun to talk about, but just for the people listening who feel like if they're denied once, it's not going to happen.
2: Yeah. So, so let me say this first, in case you get lost in my storytelling AKA ADHD method. I would encourage each and every one of you out there, if you've ever been told no once to not ever take it as gospel, like that just means not yet because had i given up the first time or the second time or the third time or the fourth time, I would not be where I'm at today as a licensed doctor of physical therapy with my own private practice, where I'm doing whatever I want in regards to how I treat my clients that's in their best interest with what they want, that abides in all the standards of practice as it's supposed to, as well as my own expertise, I never would be able to do that had I not been willing to avoid hearing no. Because I was stuck, while I was told no, capping out as a student slash grad student and once I graduated, making anywhere from fifteen to twenty-two thousand dollars a year, with fortunately a lot of grants that got me through undergrad. I had a full scholarship my freshman year that I lost, hence the one point eight six GPA. They don't like to give you money when your grades that that low, and uh, so I I stuck with it, fought my way to the top. I found out, you know, like okay, if you really go to class and you actually apply yourself it's possible to do well. And so I I sought out a lot of highs and lows, but the first year I applied, I want to think I still had about a year left in undergrad. And this was right around the time when they were really starting to transition all programs over to the DPT. It was no longer just a master's program. So it seemed like every time I thought I had all my courses lined up, then all of a sudden, like they would add another prerequisite or the courses that I'd have to take that were prereqs required like a co-rec. And so I couldn't just take, you know, chemistry, I had to take trigonometry. And like, the school is just trying to take my money. And I was starting to feel defeated, like, okay, this is not the route for me. So fortunately, I had very little loans in undergrad trying to go that route before I got my first couple of notes. It wasn't until after I graduated in 2008, with a degree in exercise science that I decided okay, I do have a little bit more ambition because at first it's like you see the finish line and you just want to like limp across it and you don't care about, okay, it's probably gonna be too hard to be a PT anyway, so I'm just gonna work at a gym forever. And it it didn't take long working in a gym and then also trying to work like the front office of the PT clinic there to realize I can't do this forever. I need to go back and probably relive that PT dream. So i go back, and, uh, and the whole time I'm still applying to programs. You know, the first year I applied, I think I applied to six schools. Every single one of them, no, no. It was like, it's like they tried to just wait and email or mail them all out the same day just to make it the worst weekend ever. Uh, <laughs> like Friday night, I get home, I got six school letters in my mailbox, and every single one, we regret to inform you that you suck. But no, it, it wasn't that bad, but it felt like it because – It chips away, like when you have these dreams and this goal for your life, if the people who are basically the ones that are holding your fate in in their hands are telling you no, then why, like, what am I doing this for? Why am I trying? And so don't let that discourage you. Because even then, when you're getting told no by these schools, you're going to have family telling you no. You're going to have family telling you, like, you probably just need to find something better. You need to find something safer. You need to find something where you've actually got a chance. Well, what do I have a chance at if everybody's telling me I'm a failure? You know, so that's that's where you've got to be able to have the ability to, like, hear all that crap, but then still stay focused enough on what you really feel like your purpose is, and then just continue to work towards that. And, you know, it was the same song and dance the next year. I thought, this is for sure my time to get in. Nope, I was wrong. And by then, I'd whittled it down, like, to five schools, because... As you guys know, applying to PT programs is is not cheap. It's really expensive, and paying for transcripts every year, and application fees, and CAPT, like, uh, just uh, applying for all the whole like I can't even remember now like what the name of that horrible uh, application database is. But
0: <laughs> PTCAS.
2: Yeah, PTCAS. That's how much I hated it. Like I've just erased it from my memory. It was so bad, and like, and then they come into the picture, and I've got to pay them. And then it seems like their standards are even higher than each individual school. And so I was like, you know what, forget this. This isn't for me. And you know, time goes by. And again, you keep thinking like, okay, I'm going to give up on the dream. And then you go back in the trenches and you're just like beat to hell. Like, okay, this is not for me. I need to go back to my dream again. And so you just, you dust yourself off. You try to go back, retake some classes. And so finally one of my, my old advisors from undergrad reached out to me He goes, look, I accepted you as a grad student because I saw you're trying to retake a bunch of your PT classes, you know, for a chance to get in. You were an easy admit because I saw how hard you worked to get to where you got to by the end of undergrad, even though I still had like a 2.8 GPA at that point. And he's like, if you bust your butt in the grad school, if you just want to take a couple extra classes and get your master's degree with a 4.0, like I will try to go to bat for you at this new program that's opening up. So I was like, okay. Why not? Like, I'm already taking a lot of the classes anyway. So I got a two-year master's in one year while working full-time at the PT clinic and uh, taking classes from like 5 to 8.30 at night throughout the week. And uh, it got really overwhelming because like when you're you're that low in the hole, you feel like you've got no margin for error. Like you cannot misstep one step along the path at that point anymore because like your dreams are shot. That's probably the last chance that I had. And so fortunately, I was able to do it in a year. I had, I got 1B, I got 1B, so I'm sorry about that. Clinical ex-phys, and it was all the EKGs and, you know, the Bruce the st- Protocol stress testing, like that got the best, I mean, even though I had a bunch of it in undergrad. And so I finally got to the point where I had gotten an interview at this new program at school. So I was like, oh, finally, like all I need is an interview. If I just get the interview, I can win them over. Like, I I think I can smooth talk my way in. The interview went great. And within a week, I got a letter from the school that said, unfortunately, due to a missed deadline to submit the registration paperwork of all and like all the information from the applicants to CAPTI, we can't start until next year at the soonest, until the next cycle starts. And so here I am like another year waiting. So it was like five-year process of being told no or hold on. Uh, Cause then after the year, like I had to reapply, I had to reapply, go through the interview process again, all that stuff. And that came and went, got a lot of valuable life and work experience in that year to where I was managing then four different front office, front offices for the different clinics that this company had. I was an administrator. I was also doing health coaching. So I was going around and doing like corporate wellness and things like that. So I was getting it funny enough. Like if you guys know me now, like this was all setting the the tone for what I'm doing. You know, this, it was laying the foundation for my purpose, uh, even though I hated it. I was like, this is just a means to an end. And, uh, and so, yeah, I finally got accepted and it's all been just, it feels so much easier ever since that happened. The hardest part was getting in.
1: Yeah, really, like the hardest part is getting in. And once you got that acceptance and went through, so you started in a brand new program. Brand new. And how was that? Because I know for some of the students listening, they are in a brand new program that has not necessarily gone through the accreditation process yet. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, every program is going to have to make changes and everything, but how was that experience for you in a brand new program?
2: So it was amazing because I feel like we got more attention than you probably would have otherwise gotten from the faculty. Like it's, it's like when you take somebody through a new product or a new course or new whatever you're putting on, like you really want this first group to all succeed because if they don't, then that's a poor reflection of you. And, uh, and I think that we all understood that and we're grateful for that opportunity. There was a lot of reassurance in knowing that our program director had started up a brand new program, also several years before, out in Nevada, and had gone through initial accreditation cycles, subsequent accreditation cycles, the whole thing. So there was never really a doubt of if this would work. Because alternatively, what was my option? Like I, I wasn't going to go anywhere else. Here, <laughs> here was the only reassurance was that if for some reason you guys cross that stage and walk the line and get your degree and we don't get accredited then you will automatically be accepted to another in-state school <laughs> but you've still got to start over like with the brand new students so I was I, like I, I was just trying to see it now I'd be that guy in the back of the class with my feet up on the desk wanting to shoot myself which was kind of already me anyway but I, I wouldn't I don't know if I'd go through it again because like It's, that's a big fear. And I know it turned a lot of people away that it had applied and been accepted, but it felt super cutthroat even still for a brand new program because there was such a need in this part of the state. And for only 30 spots, like that's, that's small these days. There's a lot of programs that are at minimum 40 plus.
0: Yeah, I know for our programs, at least Gabby, yours is 60, mine is 50, many programs. I know Phil had a program. He started out with 120 and dwindled down to like, 70, which is ridiculous. But (laughs) on another note, tell the people what you're doing now. So, how did that kind of lead into what you're doing now?
2: Sure. So, I'll talk about where I'm at currently. I am a concierge physical therapist. I provide high end luxury mobile PT to successful business owners, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. And I, I do that not so much as my primary passion, because I love working with those people more so from what they can give me than whatever I can give them. And it seems kind of backwards, but I'm very much of that same mindset of I want to learn, I want to grow, I want to be the best version of myself, so that that way my clients can benefit as well. And then myself personally, my family, whatever. So that's, that's a big part of what I'm doing. But the biggest part, ultimate picture is online fitness coaching that I do for people. So it's essentially a way that I've been able to learn how to expand my reach without physically having to be in a gym working with people. Uh, It's been a really cool opportunity. It's something that I just started doing in July. So I've not had a, a ton of experience with it. But the crazy thing is once I was able to incorporate that into my current practice, because here's the thing, I had gotten so defeated with trying to grow a mobile PT practice and it just like stalling out. Like I'd, I'd get about three or four new people and all of a sudden like they'd get better. And all of a sudden, where's the new people coming? Oh, you've got to keep marketing. Otherwise people don't know what you do. Like you can't just get people and focus all on them. And that's hard to do as like a one person operation. And uh, I'd get really defeated, really frustrated. I went through a lot of stuff in 2018, uh, in early 2019, dealing with just some really long-term serious relationships ending very... Uh, dramatically. And so that just, it it forced me to really work on myself and working on myself uh, benefited me not only as a person, but as a business owner. And uh, I've given the encouragement out there. If you guys have any aspirations to own your own business, to do your own thing, to set your own terms, you have got to be able to understand that as you go, so goes your business and you can't separate the two. It's impossible. Uh, especially when you're the main person providing the service or the product to the people. So doing that forced me to take a step back. I put the business on hold, essentially, like I stopped trying to grow it. I took some travel contracts and essentially sold out for a while because I, I got really tired of feeling like I couldn't make a difference the way I wanted to. And doing that for like further entrenched me in the concept and the belief that I had that I'm not made for this. Like I'm made to do something different that the traditional system can't give people because there's far too many shots being called by people who are not the direct beneficiary, meaning insurance is calling the shot. Corporate bosses are calling the shots, investors, boards, they're all calling the shots and it's not the practitioner and it's not the patient. And um, I just, I could only do that for so long. Yeah. It's steady income. But I don't feel good about myself doing that. Like there's just something that makes me feel bad inside uh, whenever I'm thinking that that's just the way it's got to be. Maybe because I've worked in it for so long before I ever became a PT that I got so burnt out on it. But that's what forced me to look more at like, how can I expand my reach without being physically in front of people all the time? Because I still want to be able to create the opportunity to live life and have that balance you know, I, I graduated late, like I graduated at 31. I'm about to be 35. I'm not trying to work my life away, you know, at 25, 26, like a lot of new grads are doing, having to do, thinking that, okay, I'm just going to have to keep living off ramen and water and uh, pay off my student loans in the next 10 years. Like, guys, I, when you graduate with 250 grand in the hole, like, you just get to the point where you don't even focus on your loans anymore. Like I'm just, I've got a strategy. The strategy is going to take care of itself and it's going to take time, but I'm not, I'm not sweating trying to pay off my loans ASAP because here's the deal. Like your life still goes on. And if you're just trying to hustle and grind and hate your life and your job in the process, like you're going to find yourself bitter, miserable, and probably sick because you're not doing what you're passionate about. Yeah, the loans suck, but it's, I've still got a a good quality of life, a healthy balance that works for me. So being able to do something online for people as well as in person, like that has been a game changer. And it's been pretty cool too, because started teaching other clinic owners and practice owners how to incorporate online fitness with their current clients uh, to where they have a solid after discharge plan to keep them in communication with their people, but then also to make sure that the people are getting what they need, because I got tired of people getting discharged. And they can't do their little flimsy home program after the two weeks after I discharge them on that piece of paper that you try to give them. And uh, they don't see the point anymore. That's not getting them functional. That's not getting them back to doing what they want to extra. Like they can't lose that 10 pounds. They've been working to lose before they got injured and then they got hurt. And now they've gained 20 back. So how could I have a reach that's online to where people can still get quality of life that they want now that they're pain-free And so being able to do online fitness coaching for my clients, it's helped me attract PT clients as well. And it's helped me maintain a relationship with my old PT clients through fitness without me having to keep going to their house or them coming to see me somewhere at a gym.
0: And what does a week look like for you doing all of that? Like what has this week looked like for you?
2: Oh man. So, okay. I, so I've just moved. I say just, it's been like three months now. I moved to Tampa from Bowling Green, Kentucky, which is basically an hour directly north of Nashville, Tennessee, if anybody's geographically challenged in the the audience. And I moved here. I had no job. I had no plan other than just like, I want to like grow my business. I want to be able to focus and dial in on what I do. And I could no longer be around the same environment anymore. You know, like it was I know myself, I got to, through this process over the last year of really learning myself and what makes me tick. I can't be long-term around people who don't really understand my vision and support it because I'll eventually give in and I'll start to believe what they're telling me. And so I had to come down here where my mentor Greg Todd is. It's funny, like at, the, at SSPT Live this last year, some of us were talking and we're like, hey, yeah, we're getting ready to move down here. No way, I'm getting ready to move. Down. Like we had no idea. And so <laughs> I think there were like five of us that had planned on on moving down here and didn't know it until we were sitting there talking with each other. Uh, so that was really cool. And I've got a brother that lives down here, him and his wife, they're expecting their first baby in March. I wanted to be up close and personal as an uncle. I didn't want to do that from a distance, especially when the only time I would see them would be SSPT Live and Thanksgiving. I think we're the only two times i would come down a year. So I had to, I had to, you know, suck that up. But After a couple months of trying to get that rolling, uh, I also realized like, crap, I have bills to pay and my dream is not to the point yet where it's been able to support all my expenses because like I said, 250 grand loans, like some money's coming out of the account and I need some more like coming in very steadily. I've would some some big sales here and there, but nothing that could really be sustainable. So looking ahead, I was like, all right, I took a travel position. So I'm at an outpatient clinic about an hour north of here. I worked Monday through Friday, 40 hours before going to work. I was messaging online clients that had questions that would message me through the app. I would check in on them. I'd get an email every morning that told me what everybody did yesterday. That's on my program. I followed up. If I saw anybody missed out, missed their workout and didn't message me and warn me ahead of time, I went to work all day. I would leave work and come home. And I would try and prepare, you know, updates to programs for existing clients. I would reach out to people who had messaged me that wanted to be potential clients. And then I actually, this morning, I had a a consult with a new client that uh, was able to convert to a plan for 12 sessions. And like, I I still can't believe that she agreed to the the price that I quoted at, at an amount I've never asked for from anyone before out loud. And uh yeah, when she got the checkbook, I was like, "Okay, I'm doing the right thing here." So that yeah, and then now I'm I'm just kind of hanging out, talking to you guys. Going to work on some more programs for some clients that that are going to be catching up to me if I'm not careful for the next week and uh just getting ready for Christmas.
1: That is incredible though how you're able to like live the life that you want to, be surrounded by the people that you want to. And I think it really does come like you get so sucked in to and comfortable mm-hmm. with if you're living in the same place or if you have the same job, you get comfortable, you get burnt out and it really does make a difference if you're surrounded by the people who really are th- are there for you through all the shit, all the good time like all the really good times like making a big sale like this and being able to celebrate with those people. So I think that's so awesome and we're so proud of you for for that and you know how far you've come because it's been it's a leap of faith and for everyone hearing this you don't have to be stuck in one place like you're gonna be uncomfortable and you're not gonna know where life's gonna take you but you've definitely like made it worth it.
2: Oh thank you. It's so here's 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 some advice for the listeners. If you just stick with what's comfortable and what's safe maybe that works for you. You know, maybe it does, but I seriously doubt that you're listening to a pod like a podcast like this. If you don't have greater aspirations for yourself and and what you do as a PT or even as a student. So learn this about yourself early and often, the more uncomfortable you are about a situation or an environment that you're putting yourself in, the better you're going to be for it because Had I not decided to just uproot everything, like I sold all my stuff and moved down here. Had I not done, and I was having like massive anxiety in the last few weeks leading up to it uh, because I was like, I'm leaving everyone I know, I'm leaving everything I know, and I'm going to a place where I have only been to no more than like four days at a time here and there. So there was no job, there was no stability, there was no safety net, nothing. But fortunately, we have this license and this this degree and this education that is very employable. And so I knew that at the end of the day, if push came to shove, like I could suck it up and take another Bobo-ass job and, and make some steady income and just get by for a little bit longer. But I've done that where you just you get safe on a good paycheck. But if it's still not really what makes you uncomfortable, working towards something you really want to do, you're just going to be continuing to like die a little more inside like each week. You're going to get more frustrated at work, at your bosses, at the productivity standards, at the patients, at their families, at the other staff that you have to work with, because you're not doing something that aligns more with what you're passionate about. And so find what you want to be passionate about doing, get really uncomfortable about it. Because that's the least comfortable thing possible is to do something that no one else is doing and just continue to feel good about that process. You have to get addicted to the discomfort. You have to get addicted to losing. Uh, and students, you, <laughs> you're you in for a rude awakening, not you two. You guys have got it figured out. But students in general, because here's the thing, you got to where you are because you're alphas and because you're successful, right? You're always at the top of the class and you're always used to succeeding. Even if you've had some setbacks, you win more often than you lose. Uh, If you have aspirations to want to do things on your own terms as a physical therapist, you have to understand that you're going to lose way more than you win, right? It's like my old baseball injury. That's a sport where you can only be successful three out of 10 times and still make it in the Hall of Fame. Like similar comparison to being a business owner or an entrepreneur or uh, like an independent clinician or contract employee, something like that. You have to understand that, like, you're, you're going to lose far more than you win. And don't see it as losing, see it as learning. So if you give up, you're not learning about what that lesson is supposed to teach you and how to correct it moving forward. You just got to, man, you just screw comfort, man. Screw it. Because nothing good happens there. I was, I was up in the middle of the night every night this week, like, freaking out about how this morning's uh, consult was going to go because I knew like in my head, what I was going to ask for, because this is what it would take to get her where she was wanting to go. But if I would have listened to that comfort, I would have canceled. I would, I never would have gone through with it.
0: And you wouldn't have made that sale. You wouldn't (laughs) have made a difference in that person's life. More importantly.
2: Bingo. Yeah. Is it as excited as she seemed when I left, like that's what made it worth it because she had felt like she finally had answers. when no one else has
0: very empowering. And I know we've talked a lot already about advice for students, but if you could like sum up a super big piece of advice, maybe something you wish someone would have told you before you started PT school, what would that be?
2: Don't be married to your dreams. Like don't, don't get married to the vision that you have for yourself. Get married to fall in love with the process that's going to take to get you there. It's not going to look the way you think it's going to look, but understanding that the learning process that takes place along the way, like all the failures, all the lows, and all the highs that happen along the way. I never would have told you as a student that this is exactly what I was gonna be doing, but had I not been open to the possibilities that I could see moving me towards that bigger vision of wanting to have a work-life balance and be able to stop feeling like I had to constantly live in a clinic in order to pay my bills, never would have led me to a point where I'm at now to where it's like, I'm just, I'm flexible yeah, this opportunity is either going to get me closer to my goal or it's not. And it's as simple as that. So understand and, and love the process. Don't get married to the dream and the specific vision that you have right now.
1: That was good. That was really good advice. A lot of students need to hear that. And for those who will reach out to you, mm-hmm. where can they find you on social media?
2: All right. So the kids these days, I know they're all on that Instagram thing. So I, more, more often than not, if it's not Facebook, um, at Jason, Wright, it's, uh, on Instagram, I am at right physio. That's all one word. Uh, or you can email me Jason at rightfitpt.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, Jason. We greatly appreciate it. It was amazing talking with you.
2: It's been my pleasure. I love the chance to talk with you guys today. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists.
1: If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description.